Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. We're still on uh, the fear of the the fear of the Lord, and then uh, the last part of it. Okay. So here, um, Paul is saying here that by fear of the Lord, then Paul does not mean mean that terror which the ungodly will experience when he stands before the, the before God's judgment, God's white throne judgment, but the reverential fear that we as Christians should have that reverential fear, that reverential fear that we have uh, before God, uh, who is the master whom he loves and serves and, and, who, and at whose hand we will receive what is due for what has been done to in the body. So this, this is saying to us that for the fact that we, we are to persuade men, it means that we, it is Christ himself that dwells in our lives, mm. that, that cries out. Do you notice that sometimes when you go out to speak the word, when you go out to preach the word, there is a cry in your spirit. There, it, it comes out. Mm. The cry comes out of, of you. you. You cannot control it, but you keep on weeping. It is the spirit of Christ in you that is crying out. It's not you, but the Holy Spirit in you that is crying out for people pleading for such to come to Christ. Oh. So, so what he's saying here that we persuade, he said that for the that we if if we read the the the, the verse in the destiny say that we but we persuade men what what's the destiny again the it's can not. we read that verse that the bible verse okay yeah so, so whether we are at home or or away we make it our, our aim to please the lord say that one that we make it our aim means we 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 are ambitious, mm. ambitious, and to please him means that means accepted, accepted. The other this thing have it as accepted, accepted. It means to please to be pleasing to God. And what are those things that are pleasing to God? We have mentioned those things that are pleasing to God. You see. For we must appear before the judgment seat Christ. of Christ. We must appear 
So, what did he say for where we say that for we persuade? We, we okay, yeah, at the bottom yeah. bit of it, say, yeah. we persuade other. We persuade other here means that the spirit of God in us cries out, cries out unto believers, cries out yelling, yearning, yearning groaning. That is, it is, it, it, it convicts. The other word you can use to persuade is conviction. Mm-hmm. Convict people, plead with people to come to accept Christ because he, there is something awaiting them. There is something. There is uh, uh, those that will not that will not receive Christ. There is a punishment that is awaiting them. So the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is crying out for them to come to Christ. Every Christian should examine his own life regularly to see if it's ready for the judgment seat of Christ. We should examine ourselves regularly to see if we wanting to give a good account before Christ is worthy motive for Christian service. Because we all must give account of, of, of the ministry that has been entrusted into our hands. We are going to give account of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's discuss quickly below. How is, how is doctrine and duty related in your own, in your own life? How is doctrine? Let's spend a short time on this question, answer. Again, let's answer the questions and then move on because we have a lot to discuss about. If anybody wants to contribute on any of the questions, it does. It could be anyone. Yeah, yeah. Any of the questions. In what what sense do we fear the Lord? In what others other? In what? What are some actions Actions and attitudes that are pleasing to God when believers? appear before the judgment seat of Christ, what oh, would happen then there? How should we should that affect the way we live live now? So let's quickly contribute. Anybody can take any of them, please. Is anyone raising? And just unmute yourself if you have a contribution. I can't see everybody's. Um... Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, just, um, give a little insight on, um, on actions and attitudes that are pleasing to God. And I want to use the story of John Adam when I was talking about earlier. Yeah, so um, I want to say. Um, following, the, following the direction of God. Mm. So it's not necessarily about uh, what's in the Bible or what um, some other prophet has done or some other author of the Bible has done before. But what is God telling you at that particular moment to do? So we look at Jonah, we say, uh, we always say Jonah is running or Jonah is a bad person or what have you. But something that we forget is that. Um, the people of Nineveh, or what Nineveh was, was um, I think it was um, 
um, capital of um, Assyria or something like that. Those were the same people that attacked his country, uh -huh. killed people. So it, it was natural for Jonah to feel that those people were his enemies. It is very, very natural. Every one of us in um, Jonah's position would do what he did because you, you can't imagine someone who came to your country and killed people and then you know that God is about to forgive them of all those things that they did. You did not, God did not even send another person from another country to go and preach to them. It's you that is feeling that hurt, feeling you know people who have lost their lives, that God is sending you to them. So um, the point I just wanted to bring out there is God may be speaking to you, no matter how difficult it is. You just need to, at that point, realize that he knows better. He knows better than what you are seeing. He knows what are better than what we are doing here. He knows better. So the ability to just follow his directions is what pleases God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Mommy Ogona, you are muted. Yeah, then in what sense should we fear the Lord? Um, there's so many ways we can fear the Lord, especially if somebody is asking you to do what you know is not right, mm. you shouldn't do it. God has given, given us a commandment to follow, and then maybe somebody will, or maybe you're going through something, and somebody will now come and say, hey, I know somebody that can help you to do that, to get what you want under one second. So that with the fear of God in you, you will not do that because you know it's wrong. So that's the way I see it. That's one of the ways we can fear God by following God's commandments, not doing things that we think, yes, it will benefit us. Yeah, even if we benefit from that, how long will that last? So that's my opinion on that one. Thank you, ma. Thank you very much. I think we can move on. Okay, okay. So we move on. The love of Christ. See, 14, the love of Christ constrained us because we Thus, judge that if anyone die for all, then we all then were we all dead. Died. We all died, and that and that he died for all, that they which which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and mm. rose again. Mm. Therefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Mm. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know him no more. 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creature, mm. both things are, Pass away. Behold, all things 
are becoming. So mm -hmm. let's go on to unpack this. The motivation for ministry in Paul's life since conversion is that of love. It's, it's an agape love, mm. not a selfish one, but the love which originates and ends with God in Christ. It's, 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 a, it's a pure love, it's a pure motive for ministry. It's an agape love. There are people that do something, you know, that when you look at it, it's not out of love. Mm. They do it to just to for their own selfish uh, purpose. Mm. This is Paul. The motivation here is love, the love for Christ. The phrase "the love of Christ" means he loves his love for us. As means mm. means his mm. love for us as seen in his sacrificial lamb. So this is. This is uh, indeed love that some a man should lay, Christ should lay down his life for us. That's love to the extent of laying down your, his life that we might have, we might be saved, that we, uh, we will live, sacrificing his life for us. Love him because he first loved us. First John 1. For verse 19. He loved us when we were unworthy, when we are sinners, when we, are, when we cannot even love anybody. When we have, when we cannot love anybody, when everything that is full, full in our life is just sin, hatred, pure malice. Mm -hmm. So even at that point, he loved us and died for us. He loved us when we were unworthy, unlovely. In fact, the love, the love, in fact, he loved us when we were ungodly, mm. sinners, and enemies, and enemies. Romans 5, verse 6 to 10. When he died on the cross, Jesus proved his love for the world. So his dying on the cross proved his love for the world. The world he loved, he do not want them to perish. He do not want them to, because the Bible says to fall into the hand of God. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hand of God. Our God is, is a consuming fire. It's a loving God as well as a consuming fire. And this is why he, he, he wants the world to be saved. And he, he had to die for the whole world. He died for the church also, and for us as individuals. Galatians, that's my favorite verse. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. He say, I am crucified. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is Paul. This is, 
depicted. This is a life that is controlled, a life that is full of God's love. This is a life that has a motive, a motive for ministry. He is crucified with Christ. He, he now lives, the life he now lives is not by his own strength, but is controlled by the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God. He, he lives life just, just allow the Spirit to lead him. Yet he said, the life I now live in the flesh, he now lives in the flesh. He lives every day of his life, he lives by faith by faith in the son of God, who loved him, who died for him, who gave his life for him. For him. When we consider the reason why Christ died, we cannot help but love him. He died that we might die. What's the reason Christ died? Christ died that we might die. And that we might die here is to die to sin. We die to sin and, and we have overcome it. When we are talking about baptism, we talked about dying to sin. A dead, a, a, a dead, man, a dead man cannot respond to anything. That's how our life is. We cannot respond to sin anymore. We die in Christ. You see, that we might, die, might live, that's another one, that we might live for him. That we might live and for him. That is living, having, having Christ in our life, having salvation and living for him. You see, also he died. He also, he also died that we might share in the new creation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He died that we might share in the new, in yes. In the new creation. In the new creation. Our relationship to Christ has brought a new relationship to the world and the people around us. And, and now we and now have the responsibility to evangelize the world. So first of all, Christ died. The reason he died, we also died, as he died, we also died in him. We identify with him in his death. Two, he died that we might live. He died and gave us salvation through Jesus Christ, that we might live, and for him, that we might live for him. You see, Christ died our death that we might that that we might live his life for him. So as we live, it's Christ that is living in us. We are human beings, we are beings, we are believers, but we see Christ in us. Christ is the one is in, in, that is in us. All that we do, Christ does it through us. We live his life for him. that he died that we might live, live, have life, have salvation. And again, secondly, for him, that we live for him, and that is service, that is service. He also died that we might share, 
my share in his creation, in his new creation. So let's let's go to the next one. Yeah. Our relationship to Christ has brought us a new relationship to the world. Okay. The righteousness of God, which we now have, is by imputation. So it is by imputation. We do not merit it. It's just like Christ, Christ just imputed that righteousness in us. The righteousness of the second Adam, that's of the second Adam, that's Jesus Christ. That's the righteousness of God was imputed on us. We do not deserve it, but it was imputed in, on us. The, the righteousness of man, which is the first Adam, is the righteousness of God. That righteousness came about as, a, as God created man and gave him that righteousness to have his own image, to be, mm. to have his image, to have image of God. No, that righteousness is different, totally different from the righteousness of God. That was the righteousness of man. That's as God made Adam, he was still, he, he made him to possess the image of God, to possess a resemblance and to have that image of God in him, to behave like God, to live, to live a life that is free of sin until man fell. But this righteousness of God is, is the righteousness of God that was inputted that is one thing that we gain as Jesus Christ died for us, that we exchange that righteousness. We share in that righteousness. Right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So now the question is, what is the difference uh, between the righteousness of man what is the relationship between the righteousness of man and the righteousness of God? And, and that of self-righteousness, How? what is the, um, the relationship between them? And uh, what is uh, that of the, righteous, um, the righteousness of man? What is the relationship between the two? And how is the two, how do the two differ from self-righteousness? Just a quick answer. How what how is these two related and how do they differ from self-righteousness? What comes to mind, um, if I may contribute, is this scripture that says that all our righteousness is like filthy rags. That's referring, mm. of course, to the righteousness of man, the self-righteousness we could have. In other words, no matter how righteous we could ever be outside of Christ, it will always fall short of the demand of God, the righteousness that God desires, which is his righteousness. And the relationship therefore will be that we now have access to that righteousness of, of God through Christ Jesus by placing our faith and our trust in him and in him alone. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, sir. So we no longer look at life the way we used to. Feel free to ask questions, please. We no longer look at life the way we used to. 
We know Christ after the flesh. Means we evaluate him from human point of view. Mm. The way un unregenerated people of the world regard, regard, regard or appraise people. So the world standard of value is, is respect of persons. So we regard him. He said we no longer look at life the way we we look at things. Now we 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 are we believers. We are filled with the spirit of God. Before we are, when we are not, we used to look life in a different way. We used to uh, we we used to evaluate things, look at people, uh, try to put people uh, above board to put people. Uh, to um, look at people as uh, place people at a high esteem. So now that we know better, now the spirit of God lives in us, we know better. We know that it is wrong to, to do that because that is the way the world, the unregenerate people in the world look at, at life. They, they hold men they praise men and so on. Mm. But we, we should also look at other Christians. We should also look at other Christians as part of the new creation and not evaluate them as, as a base of uh, education on, on the basis of education, race, finance, and position in society. Mm. So we shouldn't look at them on that basis, that they don't they don't have education, they cannot speak properly, uh, they are not rich. We look at them from their race point of view, their position in the society, and we 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 look at them with such content. So now the spirit of God dwells in us. We have to look at them as the spirit of God in us, as the spirit we look at them as God sees them. Because with God, there is no, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond or free. There is neither, neither male or female. For ye are in Christ Jesus. For ye are one in Christ Jesus. So there is, God is no respecter of person, whether Greek, whether Jew or Gentiles, whether rich or poor, God yeah. is not a respecter of person. We should look at them on the basis of the spirit of God that dwells in them, not on what they have or what they look like. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Questions to discuss. Why did Christ die for us? According to 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. What, what Paul says in 5, 17, that in Christ we are new creation. What has become new? Mm. Quick discussion. What has become new? The floor is open. You can always unmute yourself if you have a contribution. Don't wait to be called. 
Yes, ma'am. Hello. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I think what is new is now because uh, Christ is not living in us. So I believe that is one of the new things. And uh, we are now a new creature and Christ is living in us and we he just uh, we can go to him boldly as our father to ask for anything we don't we don't need a we don't need a second or third party or a special priest to now go and pray for us in the to go and pray on our behalf or to ask God something on our behalf God have given us that power he have given us the right it's just like an open ticket that you can come to me whenever you want to come to me with your clean heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank yeah. you very much. And the first one, why did Christ die for us? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17, so verse 15. Said he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. So it means that Christ died for you. So the life that we claim we have, what we think we know, like I was saying in the, in the, the book <laughs> G24, what we think we know, everything we think we think we are is no longer us, it's just for Christ. We should just know that whatever we are living, whatever job, children, marriage, whatever, it's just for Christ. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Alicia. Lisa. I have a question there, sir. Mm. Yes. Yes. Is it anything different from why Christ died in the whole Bible? Other from the, than this one here. Is it any difference with this one? Because this one was specific in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 17. Is it different from the reason God died the Jesus died for us? Sorry, Mayor, can you say that again? I'm not sure. I say, is it a difference mm -hmm. between why Christ died in other verses in the Bible? Oh, oh. this particular one here. Because when you specifically mention this one, it yeah. seems the other one there is a difference. Okay, I, I guess the uh, um, what that Diogena is driving at is this is the passage that we are considering now. But of course, there are very many reasons that we can see for the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ in terms of what it delivers to us. It's myriad. It's I mean, look at Pastor's book titled Blessed. Every chapter is unveiling one other dimension of that. He died so that we can become adopted. He died so that we can become regenerated. He died so that we can become sanctified. He died for all those many reasons. But in the context of this particular verse, which is what we are studying now, the reason that comes through is the fact that he died so that we will not live to ourselves, but we begin to live for him which again comes under the reality of being an, adopt, an adopted child that is living for the father that has adopted him. I don't know if that makes sense, sir. Uh, yeah, but those things you mentioned, adoption and the other things, I think all yes. of them is the same, you're supposed to be the same at the end. Why, why is still the same at the end? All of them equals to salvation. 
Yes, yes. that is the same thing, yeah. So by splitting yeah. them, giving them other names, I think, uh, well, I don't know how that one goes. But for me, I think it is for one reason, and one reason alone, whether in this chapter or in the other chapters, that is that salvation yeah. you mentioned. Sure. Thank you, sir. Okay, we've answered that. If we could move on, move to the next slide, please. Last part. Okay, the commission of Christ. All this is from God, yeah. who through Christ re reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 20, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We employ you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, for our sake made he him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ, of God. So what the key idea here in this paragraph is reconciliation. Because of rebellion, man became the enemy of God and went out of fellowship with him. However, through the work of the cross, Christ, Jesus Christ has reconciled man and God together again. So reconcile, reconcile here means to change thoroughly. It refers to a change relationship between God and the lost world. Since God has already reconciled with man through Jesus Christ, man now needs to reciprocate that gesture from God. Man is the turn of man now to reconcile to God because God has already reconciled with man through his son, Jesus Christ. And as I said to man, I had given man an open check to come back to him, to reconcile to him. So it's now the turn of man to reconcile to God. Religion is, is man-made fable. You see, sometimes man to, to reconcile to God, uh, some, some try to reach God by their own strength. Mm -hmm. Man try to get to God to make peace. He thinks he's making peace. He, he tried to, to reach God by his own strength. Why God has already given a way through, man, through which man shall be saved. Man will come to him. See, there is no other name. The Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby man shall be saved except through the name of Jesus Christ. Some people will come to you 
And uh, when you'll be preaching and say to you, is Jesus Christ the only way to God? There are many other avenues to God. It is not an object for debate. Mm. Jesus is the only way to God. There is no other name that is given among men whereby mm. man shall be saved, except through the name of Jesus. The person who reconciles us to God is Jesus Christ. And the place he reconciles us to us is his cross. The phrase, not counting their trespasses against them means imputation. So God is not God has not counted uh, our, our trespasses against us. Rather, he has imputed his righteousness upon us. He has put on our own account. This, this is a word that is borrowed from account, account uh, banking. It means to put to one's to one's own account. God has put on our own account his righteousness. Not our righteousness, because our righteousness is like a filthy right before him. Nobody can come to him in that form. When Jesus died on the cross, all our sins were imputed to him. Mm. So all our sins were poured on him. And that was why God looked away. On the cross, God looked away because our sins, all our sins, we are imputed on him. And he cried, Abba, he cried to the Father, say, why has you forsaken me? Because of our sin, he was forsaken on the cross. He was treated by God as though he actually committed those sins. Mm. Next slide. As a result, all those sins have been paid for. As a result of that, all those sins have been paid for. And mm -hmm. God no longer holds them against us. He no longer holds them against us. Two, he has put on, put on, our, on our account the righteousness of Christ. He has put on our account the righteousness of Christ. And three, because the demand of God's holy law has been fully met on the cross. God can be reconciled to sinners because God's holy law has been fully met on the cross. The anger of God has come down. God has been at peace. So now he's reconciled to, to sinners and henceforth we share the righteousness of Christ. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. The word ambassador was derived from the ancient Roman Empire. There were two kinds of provinces in the Roman Empire. The senatorial province, provinces which were always peaceful, and the imperial provinces, which were full of danger, dangers and rebellion. It was therefore necessary for Romans to send officials as ambassadors to the imperial province to make sure 
rebellion did not break out. <laughs> so this was where the word ambassador came from. Mm. Ambassador is somebody that has a message, somebody mm. that has got a message within. And the message is that we, is, is ambassador for Christ, he has a message, a message of, the, of, of God to the lost world. Because man is, next slide, man is in, in rebellion. Since Corinthians, Christians, we are, we are, at, we are the, this, since, since Christians in this world are the ambassadors of Christ, this means that the world is in rebellion against God. It means that the world is in rebellion. This world is an imperial province, just as we read in the, in the previous uh, this thing, that this world is imperial province. As far as God is concerned, he has sent his ambassador into the world mm. to declare peace. God has sent his ambassador to declare peace. He has mm. sent him, ambassador is somebody with a mission, somebody that has a mission to accomplish. He has sent him to, and the, what he has sent him is to declare peace, not war. It's, it's, no, it's not, it's not the, 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 it's not, we are not at war now. Mm. It's to declare peace. So he said, be ye reconciled to God. God has not declared war on the war. At the cross, he declared peace. But one day, he will declare war. And then it will be too late for those who have rejected the Savior. Second Thessalonians, this. So what it, what it means to be an ambassador for Christ. Paul did not re represent himself. An ambassador doesn't represent himself. Christ. It was not his message. He was given this message by Christ. This commission was given to him by Christ. So we are giving that commission. We do not, we, we, we don't have any message of our own, but Christ. But the gospel of Christ entrusted to him, it was not Paul's task. It's not his assignment, it's not his task, but God's assignment to him. Mm. Ambassadors are protected. Mm. They must be citizens of the nation they represent. And Paul was a citizen of heaven. Mm -hmm. So are you citizen of heaven? You come from a you come from a place. You come in you we existed in eternity past. Mm -hmm. And Jesus God sent us here for a purpose, for a reason. And that is to spread the word of God, to bring people into his kingdom. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in us, to be in us, and to, to call people to repentance. Mm. 
The nation supplies. Excuse me again, sir. The nation, the nation supplies their ambassadors every need and stands ready to protect them, just as Christ stood by Paul through every crisis. So we are backed by heaven. We are backed by God. He stands to protect us. In whatever situation you are going through, you are not alone. God is there by your side. Through thick and thin, God is there. And God will defend us at all costs. He will provide for our need and he will defend us because he is the one that has sent us. Yes, sir. Um, Mayor was trying to say something and then after that, Sister, no, you are so raised your hand. That was what I wanted to say. Thank yeah. you. Oh, okay, thanks. I wanted to say, you said Paul is, uh, was a citizen of heaven, not of earth. How do we, how, how, how does that come about? I didn't understand it. That's kind of because he, because he, he said so himself. <laughs> of course, Atli Wise is, is a Roman citizen. I mean, he's even a dual citizen in that sense. He's, he's Jewish by birth, but also a Roman citizen, a citizenship. But he wrote um, in one of the verses that our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is of heaven. So invite everyone, Jews and Gentiles, into what he calls the commonwealth of Israel. Because now we belong to God and we belong to his kingdom. So we are simply echoing what Paul himself said and not putting words into his mouth. Are you clear, Mayor? Well, I'm not, sir. Because I don't see somebody living on the earth we say he's a citizen of heaven. Okay. Uh, Somebody here on this earth I'm talking about, we know that one time in the future, we're all going to be citizens of heaven. But presently, at that point in time, he was talking about that, I think. Uh, do you know, do you know that, that uh, you existed in the eternity past in the hand of God? Before God even sent you into this world, you you have no choice. You do not. He did not know, but okay. He created you. You were in His hand in in eternity past, and He sent you into this world. Do you know that? That one is different from the one we are talking about. It is it, it's in relation to what we are talking about. So you are a citizen. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven before you even come to this world. You, so long as you are in this world and you have accepted Jesus Christ, you are a, you are a citizen of heaven because you have been in 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 the in the, in the plan of God in the agenda of God ever before the time existed before time. So if we should accept it now, that means we shouldn't single Paul out singly. We should say all of us are citizens of heaven. Yes. Yes. We, we are children of God. We, we are not singling are we Paul singling out. Him out. No, no, we are not singling him out. Uh, what you see here represents the Christians. What is okay. talking here 
It's on behalf of Christians. Pastor, 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 uh, that is one person. Okay, all right. Praise God, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Uh, what, what I want to, I hope you can hear me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, what I want to add to that question is that uh, the Bible says that whosoever is born of God overcometh this world. Mm. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. So now, say my son now, favor, yeah? Now, he's my son, yeah? So he can say, okay, he's born here in the United Kingdom in Liverpool, but I can go to the Nigerian embassy now and collect Nigerian passport for him because he can claim my own citizenship. He can choose not to, but he can choose to because by the fact that he's my son, he's my son, and I'm a Nigerian. So now when we become born again, we are born of God. We now have a father because we are born again. So yeah. the first bed, we now have a second bed. So we're now born of God. So we can claim the citizen of our new bed, which is yeah. So that is what Brother Paul was saying there. Yeah. Our citizen, that's why he claimed at that point that our citizen is in heaven. He's saying that, and it's very good to understand that point. Because then, if we have that understanding, then just like Ogunna was preaching, then we can now believe that we are ambassadors on this earth. We are entitled to some things that maybe other people, that's the reason why you now say that when others are saying they're lifting that, we, when others are saying they're casting down, we are saying they're lifting up. Because we, it doesn't matter what's going on first casting in Nigeria. The Nigerian, the American ambassador to Nigeria will not go through that. Because he's still, even though he's living in Nigeria, he has the right and the privileges. You can't go and arrest him of American. American embassy in Nigeria is American living in Nigeria. So that is what the Bible is saying here. We are citizens of a meaning that we have the right and the privilege of a different kingdom because we are now born of God. And it is by faith. Because said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith, it, we claim that by faith. It okay. is one of the greatest because we are said, the Bible says, we are now accepted in the beloved. By the virtue of being born again, we transit from one kingdom to another kingdom, from the kingdom to the kingdom of God. And that is the reason. So it, 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 the understanding of that is to give us the right. It's not that we, we, we are saying, okay, we are not Nigerian. We are arrogant that we are not uh, this, we are not Nigeria, we are not this. No, to travel around, you still need to hold your passport. But spiritually, we know the citizen that we belong. So we can claim some rights and privileges that was given to Father Abraham. So we can claim it. And Jesus himself said, he said, this woman ought not this woman, by the virtue of the fact that she is a daughter of Abraham, that ought she ought to be healed at this time. And Jesus said, get up and you are healed. Because by right and privilege, privilege. She's a daughter of a bride. She's entitled to some things that others may not be entitled. So that is it's a spiritual exercise. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much. Mayor, you, you got that. He, we are our father is uh, God. And I, got, we, I got that. Look look at why I asked that. Look at Edda, look at why I asked that question. Yes. Say Paul was a citizen of heaven, not earth. Yes. That word, not earth. You see? Yes. That is where I was asking that question. If you have given it that Paul is a citizen of heaven, I wouldn't have when you say not earth. That is where my question comes. That's why I asked oh, that question. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. my it's because yes, we are.
we are we 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 have con that's why we, we come with that word that we have contact without contamination. Okay, so we are on this side, we can't deny that. That's the reason why we have body. The, that, that body is to enable us to live on this earth. But we know spiritually, because we exist in three three dimensions, spirit, soul, and body. But we know that spiritually we are also in uh, so the, the moment we drop this earthly one that we are holding, we go back to our real citizen, which is that's why Brother Paul says that to be absent in the body is to be in the presence of the Lord, which is where we belong. So that's the reason why Bible says that we are seated now currently with Christ, with Christ in the right hand of God. So we are in Him. So those are the it's a spiritual transaction, and the, the, the depth of those things is very, very important. There are packages that come with salvation, powerful things. And we dealt with, I think we dealt a bit of that when we did uh, soteria, soteriology. So they don't give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Next slide. So it means that ambassadors are held accountable. So they represent their country and say what they are directed to say because they know they will eventually be recalled home and held accountable for their war. So we will be held accountable for the mission that has been entrusted into our hands. We will give account of the ministry, of the, or we will give account of the assignment that we have been given as ambassadors of Christ. Four, ambassadors are called home before war is declared. Mm. There is a coming day of wrath to judge when God will judge the wicked. But Christians will be called home before the day comes. First Thessalonians 5, 10 to 1 to 10. All these are motives for ministry to the Lord. Is there any question? No, sir. Okay. This all this should be should motivate us for ministry. It should be the motivating factor factors for ministry unto the law. Mm. The commission, the Satan is seeking to tear everything apart in this world. But Christ and his church are involved in the ministry of reconciliation. Bringing things back together again and back to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So questions for discussion. What is the relationship between reconciliation and imputation? And two, for present and reflection, if you embrace your role as ambassador for Christ, how might it change your life. Quick contribution. Oh. How might it change your life as ambassador? If you embrace this as ambassador, how will it change your life? And what is the relationship between reconciliation and imputation? Pastor, you can help us on that so that. Uh, uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor, and so if we if we answer this question, I want to suggest that we 
we just we can finish on that point today. That's the last. Yeah. That's so the that, last one. Yeah, hope they're all good, that. so that we can have time to pray for the. Yes, prayer that's, okay, thank that's you, sir. The last thank you, sir. Um, um, reconciliation and imputation. Reconciliation to just like um that Yogena was saying to reconcile to bring back together. In fact, when you were exposing this, a picture was going on in my mind for the accountants when they would say they want to reconcile an account as though the income and the expenditure did not balance out. And what God has done, as it were, since our income is zero, but our expenditure is high and the account needs to be balanced. He has hyperbalanced it by making a deposit by the finished work of Christ. A deposit till all of eternity continues to be more than enough for whatever expenses we could ever have. And I think that's, that's um, it's just beautiful. And that act and of itself now makes what we don't have credited to our account, and that's imputation. Because... Amen. I mean, today, today is the first day that I'm discovering that imputation is an accounting, is of accounting origin. In other words, what you did not have was credited to you. You got an alert, an alert that can never last. An alert, I mean, that can never be exhausted, I meant to say. An Hallelujah. That will last forever. And if yeah. in, those, in those two lines, you see that both of them are connected. To be reconciled to God by what Christ did is also to receive what Christ have, the righteousness of God, by imputation. is credited to our account. What did we have to do? Nothing. Just to place our faith and our trust in him. And I like that last question, even though it's for personal reflection, because now I'm beginning to wonder, now that I know indeed what an ambassador is and the rights that he has, how much of that am I utilizing on a day-to-day -day basis? Why should I worry if I'm truly aware that I'm a citizen of heaven that has access to the resources of the one whom I'm representing on the earth, the one whose kingdom has given me a message for the community that I'm in? Uh, I, I believe that for all of us, that would be an, a continuous, you know, um, leaning into something that we'll continue to need to bring to our mind and let that shape how we live and how we react so that God can continually take the glory and we can actually enjoy this life the way he intends for us to enjoy it. Ambassadors live large, like they live large because they are not spending their wealth. They are spending the resources of the country that has sent them. So God has sent us here. Let's enjoy God and all the resources that he has. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. That was spot on. Okay. I would hand over to you. Um... In conclusion. Oh, okay. Sorry. In conclusion, ministry is not easy. If we are to succeed, we must be motivated by the fear of the Lord, the love of Christ, and the commission that Christ has given to us. May the Lord bless his words in our hearts.